Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Can we talk something else? Can, can we talk about something else? Hello out there. The following is a special release from the new Dark Topic Patreon. Dark Topic is no longer part of 1159 Media. For more exclusive Dark Topic content like Dark Topic Gallows, visit patreon.com slash darktopic. If you enjoy what you hear here today, let me know with a review or reach out on social media. I plan on dropping a gallows on the Dark Topic public feed every month, if so. Dark Topic Gallows, as the title suggests, includes Gallows humor between myself and co-host Kent Chungus. Gallows is not meant to replace Dark Topic. This is just more. And you can expect a lot more DT in general moving forward. In the beginning of this episode, you'll hear a little uncut preamble between Kent and myself to give you a feel for our dynamic before the episode starts. Okay. On with the show. So we're good, but that's that's a part of my problem in life too. Is that I think that I need to make friends with everybody. I take yeah. it as a challenge. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Also, hate the idea that somebody doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. Same. That's low self esteem, I think. Yeah. Some kind of issue. People pleaser. That's what they yeah. call. Uh, that's what heaven calls me all the time. Oh, Courtney calls me that too. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Probably has something to do with some kind of childhood trauma, but. I think it started with me in that trailer, well, 16-year-old. <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to go to those lengths to please somebody, you'll do anything for the rest of your life. At that point in time, I was a penis pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> at least at least you assume so. <laughs> I think, yeah. It's way back in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I try not to think about that stuff too much. Anyways. I don't want to fucking even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was the first thing me and you started talking about at Baraboo when we met in person. We literally, you got a cigarette, I got a beer. We sat at the table. So what about those molestations? Huh? <laughs> those really have? How bad was it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, welcome to Dark Topic Gallows, episode one, The Windshield Murderer. I'm your host, Jack Luna, and with me, I have Kent Chungus. How you doing there, Kent Chungus? Doing good on this episode of Brutal. Yes, that is what it is. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. So since I switched over from 1159 to the Dark Topic Patreon, I thought it would just be wise to go fresh, clean slate. But for those who miss Brutal, this is basically Brutal. It's just called Dark Topic Gallows now. And the whole catalog of Brutal is available on Patreon as well. 
And also for the um, dark topic like audience, I th- this this could possibly be something that we pop in once in a while onto the main feed for people to check out. So we're not going to pull any punches. But some of those old brutal episodes, man, I was looking through them, listening through them to see if there was something that I could put out on the public feed just for people to see what brutal's all about. And those old brutal episodes are available on Dark Topics Patreon, by the way. Uh, patreon.com slash dark topic and none of them no none of them can make the cut none of that needs to see the lot of day ever (laughs) (laughs) i played it for my girl and she was like wait a minute you think this is good and i'm like yeah this one's fucking hilarious she's like you guys just did like a whole bit where you're pretending to be two guys who don't think they're gay but suddenly they're gay and they're clicking their hands and wiping (laughs) on each other's assholes and stuff funny Yeah. (laughs) I'm so against cancel culture. It's ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate it. I think it's the worst thing in the world. But Brutal is one of those things where it came out and then we got canceled. It'd be like, yeah, Uh, we deserve that. We were looking for it, really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes things get canceled that I agree with and Brutal is one of them and I'm part of it. I'm half of it. (laughs) Yeah. So on to Dark Topic Gallows. So like I said, episode one, The Windshield Murder. Some of you may have heard this case. I'm hoping to bring some facts that you may have never heard, but uh, certainly the way that we handle this will be unlike you've ever heard before. And let's get right into that there, Kent. So it's late October of 2001, uh, a place called Cobb Park. It's a shady patch of uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And I don't mean shady like you might go there with a lawn chair to enjoy lemonade on a hot day. I mean shady like you might go there to suck something stupid down your throat like crack smoke or a hobo's crooked dick. Oh. And we're off to a start here, right? We are. We're rolling. We're rolling. Hobo dicks and crack smoke. I'm I'm already feeling comfortable. And this is your sweet spot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Gregory Biggs, a 37-year-old self-employed bricklayer, is laid out on a park bench here in the middle of the night, broken and alone, a victim of a cold world, one where he never stood a chance. You know, Kent, you see these guys in the streets are laid out on park benches, you know, homeless people, and I don't know about you, but I often wonder if I could get away, you know, with murdering one of them, you know? (laughs) I was, I mean, you're a monster, because for me, it's just rape. I could oh, rape man. that guy. Nobody would say anything. <laughs> there was uh, there was this guy, uh, Leroy, and I were talking about it. He was going to do it for excuse me, that's illegal, but it was a little too too dicey. And it was um, oh, where was it? I think it was in China. And this this little Asian guy was going up to homeless people when they were sleeping, taking their dicks out of their pants and sucking them until they woke up and then running away. That's kind of fun, though. <laughs> I mean, if I was asleep on a park bench, right, and I woke up and a little Asian man was sucking my penis and he just ran off, I would, I think I would seriously, I would just giggle to myself and put my dick back in my pants and be like, nobody's going to believe this. (laughs) Yeah. And as a homeless person, you'd be like, thanks for cleaning me off, you know? Exactly. Got a BJ and a clean. (laughs) That was the thing about it that didn't make, his pockets called, excuse me, that's illegal. That's so funny. Like you wake up some little Asian dude sucking your homeless dick. Excuse me. You I think that's think illegal. You just encountered a cryptid. Yeah. You... <laughs> like what in the world, man? Is that a goblin? What just happened? <laughs> Get back here, you little whippersnapper. And I like to think in my head, 
I like to picture he doesn't run straight off. He runs in zigzags. Yeah, yeah. Like jumping yeah. over tra- trash cans and <laughs> wiping his lips and licking his fingers. Yeah. At one point, he jumps up and clicks his heels together. <laughs> that was a good one. Chewing on the schmegma. I mean, there was a whole conversation we could have had there just about, you know, you wonder where they came from. Like when you see a homeless guy on the street, I always think to myself, like, what was it that led to this person being in this situation? You almost want to ask How did we get here? How did you get here? Like, was it one moment that just suddenly turned? I worked in homeless shelters where some guys were like that. They'd lost their job and then, you know, they, they couldn't pay their rent and they just don't have anybody to fall back on and they're on the street. And they bounce back fairly quickly because you give them opportunities through the shelter for, for work and temp agencies and stuff. But then you got the types who are mentally ill, say, um, or just been doing it for so long that it uh, doesn't matter how many opportunities you offer them. They're still coming back tomorrow night. Yeah. And that's where I think mental illness, yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's the difference. And in this story, that's what we'll we'll hear a little bit of his backstory now about how he got to this point, and mental illness is certainly involved. Um, by all accounts, Greg Biggs, again, he was 37 years old. He was a loner, though not by choice. He just couldn't maintain relationships, and um, apparently he was bipolar as well as a schizophrenic, so that didn't help too much. He was hungry for social interaction and to be accepted. He was notorious for going overboard with prospective friends and lovers. As a result, Greg was perpetually bitter after being ghosted or taken advantage of uh, by people that he had tried to invite into his life. You uh, you probably identify pretty heavily with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a conversation before we started this about us being people pleasers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that he falls into that category. Um, Greg was a little much for most people, basically, Kent. Okay. And one, we all know those those kind of people. You, I try. You know, I try when I see that happening to certain guys. You, you know they're a little off. It could be mental illness. It could just be that they're socially awkward, but they're trying. But it's a mistake more often than not because showing them any kindness, you might be the only one who's done that, and now they're attached to you. Yeah. They won't leave you alone. <laughs> No good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) Uh, So this desperation to be accepted and loved is how he'd ended up homeless, giving all of his money away to a girl he'd been infatuated with when she claimed to be in dire financial trouble. Because of this unhealthy relationship that he'd been in before he became homeless, Greg eventually began missing payments on his truck because he was giving her all the money he was making bricklaying. And he couldn't make the payments on that truck. So he lost the truck and that truck he needed for the bricklaying jobs. And uh, that truck was soon repoed. There's the first domino. Yep. Yep. And of course, the girl left him once the money ran out, right? And then uh, Greg soon after lost his house because he was unable to make consistent money uh, without a truck. And to make matters worse, his schizophrenia and bipolar disorder were acting up on account of Gregory being unable to afford his medication. So he said the domino, and that was the that was the rest of it falling right there. Yeah, and I think the medication is probably where you ever seen the domino videos where it usually splits into like three different. Mm-hmm. That, that medication was probably the the split. Yeah, the, like it's unstoppable. This the tri- a- the trident of dominoes falling that began. Yeah. Uh, so he was broke, heartbroken, and unable to think straight. Greg began to spiral ending up a regular at the homeless shelter in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. 
There are worse places to be homeless. Warm, dry. Yeah, there are worse places. Like where I live, you couldn't yeah. go at night in the Cold, winter. Cold, wet, snow, hornets. Hornets and snow. <laughs> <laughs> you know yep. God would allow those two horrible <laughs> things to be in the same place. But there you are, Jack. <laughs> So he's like, take it work wherever you can. They're offering it. Like I said, they would do at the uh, homeless shelter that I worked at as well. He's probably doing temp work or whatever. They say masonry, um, and uh, he's a bricklayer, so I guess it's a form of masonry. But, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, right? He's not yeah. uh, he's not building parliament buildings. Or well, I think masonry covers, like, that's a broad spectrum. I mean, he could be just bricklaying or laying sidewalks or uh, mm-hmm. fireplaces or... That's a good paying job, though. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It's a hard Back body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I would know. Um, so, you know, he was taking work wherever he could, but life was suddenly super fucked up for the 37-year-old Gregory Biggs. Homeless shelters often have a curfew, so perhaps that's how Gregory Biggs ended up on his way to the park bench at 3 a.m. on October 26th of 2001. Biggs aimlessly walks along the shoulder of a six-lane Fort Worth highway, confused, possibly manic, disillusioned, certainly, with his lot in life, lower than he'd ever been, uh, when yet another cold-hearted woman comes flying into his life, completely blindsiding the poor guy. His mother would later say of this time period that her boy was, quote, on the upswing, he was getting back to a good life. Now, I don't know how true that could be. Things have to be pretty bad where an upswing includes stumbling along the side of a highway at 3 a.m. while destitute and homeless. Right? Yeah, if that's the upswing, what was the bottom line? <laughs> I think she was just trying to be positive and insert herself into the media after this all happened. <laughs> like, if you cared that much, maybe you should have let him stay there. Yeah, where were you, lady? <laughs> Yeah, he was getting getting back to a good life, she says. But perhaps in the grand scheme of things, for a guy like Greg Biggs, things were actually looking up in some form. Uh, perhaps he'd found a two-for-one coupon for a breakfast sandwich at McDonald's while sifting through a garbage can the previous day. I'm, I don't know. We don't have that information. That's the start of the upswing. <laughs> oh, things are looking up. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. Get an Egg McMuffin. <laughs> Got that blowjob yesterday on the bench <laughs> for that little Asian man. <laughs> little Asian man. <laughs> Things were apparently looking up for him when his time ran out. Speaking of looking up, the young woman coming down the highway behind Greg at this time at 3 a.m. Her name is Shante Millard. She isn't looking up at all. Shante, a 25-year-old nursing aide, was headed home after a Friday night of drinking, doing drugs, and partying at the club. She's maybe fiddling with the radio. And I have a few hits from the time. I know you enjoy this, Kent. I do. Before we get to the major hit, I think by now we all see it coming. Uh, let's see how these strike you, Kent. You say it's 2001? 2001, Can October. Can I take a guess? Yes. One of them has to be a little John and the East Side Boys song. Oh, I don't have that on my list. I oh, just picked shit. some of the okay. more popular ones. How about I play you a little snippet of each and see if you can guess it within five seconds? Okay. Here we go. The first one. That's right. Yeah. All right, you got that. I don't want to get a uh, copyright striked. All right, so Missy Elliott, One Minute Man. Yeah. It's fitting because he's Missy got about Mr. one Moore. minute. 
<laughs> Mr. Moore. Misdemeanor? Misdemeanor Elliot, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe that you hear these things, but then when you read them, you still have to fuck it up every time. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knew it was misdemeanor, but just because of the way that you read things. And after I finish recording here, I'm going to go make me a bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> have myself a lasagna, possibly, for dinner. <laughs> lasagna. Um, here's another one for you. Let's see if you can figure this one out quick. That's Britney Spears. Uh-huh. Another, uh, uh, it's Britney Spears. What is the name of that song? I know it's Britney Spears. It's I'm a Slave for You. I'm a Slave. I'm a Slave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was before she lost her mind. Her Instagram, disturbing. Yeah, you've said. Yeah, you said. Now I check it out, too. It is disturbing. It's uh, a whole new world of strangeness for her. it seemed like she got out of it but she's right back in it. what is going on there man uh, <laughs> is she being held at gunpoint <laughs> <laughs> well you mean with like the naked photos the naked the dancing in her house mm-hmm. constantly like it's almost like she's perpetually stuck in the head of like a 13 year old girl <laughs> she might be <laughs> she might be man all right, I got one more for you. These these all kind of hit home when it when it comes to like what happens in this story. I uh, remember slave for you. One minute, I'll just tell you because in about one minute, he's something's gonna happen to this man. I, th- and, I tell you what, if I get hit by a car and they're playing "Slave for You" by Britney Spears, <laughs> I'm gonna have a word with the man upstairs <laughs> at the gates. Yeah, yeah, they let me in on that one. That was the last <laughs> thing ringing in my ears. Couldn't have been Pink Floyd. <laughs> uh, slave for you or even one minute man you know it's like I don't feel like grooving right now yeah I don't want to die by somebody listening to Missy Miss Demore <laughs> yeah. alright here's the last one this is a tough one okay but it's the most fitting for this story and all of these around October of 2001 so absolutely she was at a club and she was mo- most definitely I- I'm going to guarantee Slave for You came on because it came out in September one minute man why wouldn't it be playing at the club at that time if it was out just, just that year, right? Right. And then we got this one, which had to have been playing. So here we go. No? I don't even have a guess at who's singing it. All right, it's a tough one if you haven't heard it before. It might be a little bit out of your age range, actually. Her name is Blue Cantrell, and the name of this song is Hit em Up Style. Oh. Also known as playing. Also known as Oops. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> so her and that side, she's going, oops, there goes the dreams we had. Oops. So he didn't have any dreams. <laughs> you know, I don't know why this has got me thinking about talking about songs playing on loop. Mm-hmm. Me and my ex-wife used to go to gay clubs all the time, right? Right. Because she had a bunch of lesbian friends, so I would go drink at gay clubs. Mm-hmm. Gay clubs... They still might do it now, I don't know, but at the time, it seems like the one constant in every gay club was that song, We Fell in Love in a Hopeless Place by Uh, Rihanna. Sure. That plays, I don't know why gay people love that song so much. It was just like the only song, We Fell in Love in a Hopeless Place. Yeah. I get it. Because maybe like a, the, a lot of them feel like a, in a hopeless situation, like in a in a in an odd situation. I, I can't imagine, especially back in like the '90s and stuff, trying to find a man or a girl um, organically without going to a uh, gay gay bar to to go meet up with them. It must have been really di- really difficult. Even then, you had to worry about Dahmer. 
Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Well, I used to go to gay clubs too, but my experience was probably a little bit different from yours. Yeah, you were definitely there for different reasons. I was so young going to those things, man. They they would just let you in back then too. And you wouldn't even go to them because you had gay friends. <laughs> no, I was just tagging along with my dad. <laughs> Trying to s- smoke some crack. Uh, so, yeah, going into the bathroom, seeing dudes blowing each other in the glory holes. Or oh, walking. yeah. Dude, gay bathrooms are <laughs> wild. That's the, yeah. that's the That land is lawless. They <laughs> let it rip. Yeah. rip. Please tell me that's bottom for you. Uh, oh, for me, no, I wasn't getting banged. No, I don't mean like you were the bottom. I mean, that's rock bottom. Oh, no. No, it got much worse. That's... <laughs> All right, everybody, Badlands Food. I've been thinking about getting a dog. With my little family, we're about to introduce a dog, I believe, at some point here. And I have an interest in how we're going to be treating said dog. And it occurs to me, you know, that many dogs suffer from health issues. And with Badlands Food, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. She's looking at their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone could do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. It caught my attention, and as I'm about to uh, get a dog, I think that I'm going to uh, use this service, so I thought I'd share it with the audience as well. Uh, I know many of you have dogs. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash darktopic and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash dark topic to check it out. Badlandsfood.com. All right, everybody. Zipix toothpicks. This is something that I use all the time. So this episode is brought to you by Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Zipix brings you a totally satisfying, convenient, and great tasting way to curb your nicotine cravings. Now you can get your nicotine fix anytime, anywhere without having to rely on smoking or vaping. Zipix toothpicks give you an easier, better, and more discreet way to get your fix. They're available in six great long-lasting flavors, and they have options in 2 milligrams and 3 milligrams of nicotine. Zipix are perfect for flights, sporting events, restaurants, podcasting, uh, literally anywhere that you smoke or vape where that's banned. They're also one of the most cost-effective nicotine products on the market. Zipix also offers caffeine and B12 infused toothpicks if you're not a nicotine user or if you're trying to get away from your nicotine habit. Zipix have already helped tens of thousands of customers, including myself, to get their nicotine fix without needing to inhale smoke or vape oils. Make your lungs happy and try Zipix nicotine infused toothpicks. So ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vape, and get some nicotine infused toothpicks at zipixtoothpicks.com today. Get 10% off your first order by using the code DARKTOPIC at checkout. Your lungs will be glad you did. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Warning, nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zip more, smoke less 
with Zipix nicotine toothpicks. All right, man, here we go. So Shantae, she's rolling down the street. She's fiddling with the radio. She's not looking up. We were talking about how things are looking up, maybe for Gregory Biggs. She's not looking up. She's a little whacked on ecstasy. She's high on weed. And, of course, she's drunk. She's weaving down the highway in her little shitty brown Chevy Cavalier. You remember those cars? Oh, I don't know. But somehow, yeah, of course I remember. But somehow I knew it was a Cavalier. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's bopping to the above average beats of the time. I must say some real bangers we just went through right there when she, uh, oops, there goes the Gregory Biggs at full speed gets slammed from behind on this six lane highway. She's over to the side, probably going maybe even a little slower, just trying to like not get arrested because she knows she's all fucked up. Yeah. He's walking along in the dark along the side of the road and at whatever speed she was going at on the highway, hits Gregory Biggs from behind, sending the poor bastard through the passenger side windshield. He torpedoes in through it. And, you know, oops. So Shantae, freaking out, brings the car to a halt on the side of the highway that's not very busy at this time because there's no witnesses to this amazingly no witnesses to this and this must take a bit of time because she's screaming freaking out uh she gets out of the car and she comes around and remember this woman is a nurse's assistant nurse nursing aide so she knows some some form of like uh i don't know he doesn't need cpr i mean he needs a surgeon probably at this point yeah but i mean she should be fairly calm in these types of situations and know exactly what to do what do you do i mean you should take him to the hospital right she might not have had a cell phone being 2001. I didn't get one to 2007, but I was a little behind. I think it when was did you 2004. Yeah, so one. it might have been a little odd to have one in 2001. Yeah, Not still everybody. relatively new. Mm-hmm. So she's freaking out. The man, Gregory Biggs, he's alive still. Um, he's semi-conscious, moaning, bleeding all over the place. Uh, he'd been hit from behind and gone flying headfirst through the windshield. Uh, it's not clear to Shantae or Greg yet, but he's stuck pretty bad in that windshield. He'll need to be carefully removed, likely with the jaws of life. Or, uh oh, what's Shantae doing? She's out of the car and yanking on Greg's legs. That's not what she should be doing. No. Es- especially since one of them is severed in half and the other one's broken horribly. That's not procedure for a nurse. <laughs> She's decided she needs to get the body out of the car and get on with her night, which is not good for Greg. So like I said, six-lane highway, no witnesses so far. Uh, her brother works a half a mile away at a, as a firefighter. He's on. He's working right now. She knows this. He's at a fire station that she's gone to see him at and stuff. She could drive him right there. They'd help him. And there's also a hospital nearby, but she chooses to do none of these things. She can't get him out. She gets back in the driver's seat and begins to drive again. Headlights off. With his feet dangling out the front of the windshield? His broken-ass legs hanging out the front of the windshield. His whole lower half poking out from the windshield like some crude Halloween prank. Remember, this is October 26th, right? And because of the nature of the legs being broken, if you saw this, you would think it wasn't even real. That's what I... they're just swinging like a (laughs) tetherball. You're hearing the moaning, maybe? Okay, so I'll get to this part and we'll talk more about that because that's like, maybe that's... What you're saying is maybe that's what people would have thought. Um, we're five days away from Halloween. She makes it off of the the highway unnoticed. And um, I have it already written in here. I can't help but stop here for a moment to behold how insane this whole scene is. Like, if I was walking home at 3 a.m., 
you know what it's like just walking over from a party down like a dark street, like in a regular neighborhood. Yeah. And I saw that car drive by five days before Halloween and its legs are all hanging out. And there's blood all over the place. And she's playing, oops, there goes a choice I made. Oops. <laughs> and she's fucking bobbing her head. And he, you can hear him moaning slightly. I'd be like, that is a fucking awesome Halloween float. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They must have created that thing. Yeah. I wouldn't call the cops no, if I saw it go by. Absolutely not. Even if I knew it was real. <laughs> Not a goddamn snitch. Greg is alive still. Uh, by this point, he is coming back to reality somewhat, but he smashed up pretty bad. What I mean to reality, so he was alive when he she hit him, but he wasn't able to speak or anything initially off, after impact. He was fucking out of it if he wasn't out of it before. I mean, like getting clocked by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Unexpectedly. You don't even have time to tense up for it. Just Even worse. I mean- It'd be like getting hit by a Chevy Cavalier at full speed on a highway from Which behind. Which for a Chevy Cavalier is like 55 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. But, he, you know, he smashed up really bad. Uh, the drive, it's jostling him around. He's got metal stuck into his sides. You know, uh, there's glass. It's all digging deeper into his body. I mentioned already, but I, I should reiterate that his right arm and his right leg are badly broken, shattered, really. And his left leg is taking the worst of it. Um, it's been nearly severed off completely by the impact. So he gets hit like at the knees by this thing because it's fairly low to the ground as well. Yeah. It, it hits and almost knocks his left leg right off. He goes through the passenger side window. She's, I guess she's lucky it didn't go through the driver's side that she was on that side of the road. She must have been on the um, on the right side and hit him with the passenger side. Makes sense. And, uh, you know, his left leg severed off completely. It's hanging by threads at the knee. He's in shock. He's moaning. He's starting to ask for help. But his injuries prevent him from making a whole lot of noise. When he does try to speak, there's blood spraying from his mouth. He's bleeding internally, and he needs help badly. Um, later, medical professionals, uh, after the autopsy, would say that if he had got help within the next two hours, he would have survived easily. Like, these were broken bones. There's some internal bleeding, but there was nothing like uh, artery slashed. But this nurse's aide has no interest in helping him out. Her eyes are cold, focused on the task at hand. She must get home. And eventually, she makes her way through the back streets to her small Fort Worth home where she pulls into the driveway. And the driveway goes on an incline, and her house is a little bit on a, on a bit of a hill and a little bit further back. She opens up her garage and drives in with Greg Biggs still squirming in her windshield. Once in the small garage, she exits her car, turns on the light, takes another look at him, apologizes, apparently, allegedly, He's like, help, help. He can't, he can't scream or yell. At the, it's too painful, probably. We don't know. He's got glass in his sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this isn't the first time this has happened. <laughs> There's been a couple of, of uh, movies and stuff that, that covered it. Stuck. Stuck is the one movie. Minu Suvari. Mm-hmm. So they picked a white girl to play. Play the play the African American girl, yeah. the black girl who's actually hit a Shantae's uh, black. Uh, if it matters, Greg Biggs is white. It actually does matter later because she makes a comment about about something to do with race. But we'll get to that once. Oh, another another show you might recognize this from listening is uh, the Fargo. I don't remember it, but my uh, girl said that I think in the second season of Fargo, the TV series, yeah, um, there was a scene just like this. So. Um, this idea has been repurposed a couple of times. Life imitates art. Yeah. Art imitates life. Art imitates life. You art got it. Art imitates life. Mm-hmm. 
So she turns off the light to the garage, goes in. There's a, a door that gives her entry to her house inside the garage and just closes the door and leaves him in there. It's around 3.30 a.m. at this point. Shantae can't help herself but check on the man every 10 minutes or so. Of course, Shantae isn't concerned with Greg's health. She's just hoping he won't be moving or moaning each time she flips on the lights out there. But each time he is. Greg, like we said, isn't mortally wounded, but he can't. He is bleeding out. Mangled. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he's weakly trying to pull himself into the car. You know the little handle on the on the door, uh, just to open it or whatever. Not the not the to latch. Not yeah, the latch just, to open uh, it, but oh the shit handle. bar. Yeah, the oh shit bar. He's grabbing onto that, trying to pull himself in. Later, those fine handprints on there. He's quietly mumbling pleas for assistance each time the lights come on, but each time Shantae coldly plunges him back into darkness. This this woman is a fucking monster. Yeah, I'd say. And uh, after an hour or so of this, she calls her friend. Her friend's nickname is T-Fry. Mm. What guy? <laughs> oh, actually African-American, but I thought so too. Um, they, they work together at the hospital. And uh, this is a female. They had been partying together that night. And uh, T-Fry... Hearing the panic in her her friend's voice, drives over, still a little high and drunk herself, to see what's wrong uh, when Shantae tells her that she needs help. So we have two nurse's aides uh, soon watching over Greg Biggs as he slowly bleeds out. T. Fry, upon seeing what the problem is, comes up with a plan. The plan is to go back to her house and sleep. They can't sleep here. Uh, and they'll come back in five hours or so to see if he's dead yet. Yeah, you can't sleep with a mangled homeless man whining and bitching in your garage. <laughs> no, man, the feng shui's off of the whole house. I mean, I, the vibe's off, right? Can't sleep with a fucking cracker stuck in your windshield. <laughs> <laughs> like a bug, right? Yeah. Like a bug hit the windshield and just squirming in there, this gigantic 215-pound mosquito. <laughs> Fuck, man. All right, so so they let him they let him bleed out. They come back around lunchtime. Shantae and T Fry nervously check the garage, and there's some relief when they find Greg Biggs not moving. He's dead. Now what? Well, lucky for Shantae, she has a man in her life, Cleet Jackson. Uh, that like T Fry. What what uh what race do you figure Cleet Jackson is? Cleet, that's definitely a white guy. That's a. No, wrong again. That is an African-American male. I was going to go Asian. Yeah, you're over two, three. Is willing to involve himself. Uh, Cleet is willing to involve himself in a ghastly crime with no questions asked. He even brings along a cousin, Herbert Cleveland. Asian. (laughs) African-American once again. um, To help out once the enormity of the situation is apparent. So together, Cleet and Herbert managed to get the body out of Shantae's windshield. They then wrap Greg Biggs up in a carpet, and sometime after midnight, so this is going into the 27th of October, uh, happy 21st birthday to me right at this point, and they drive him out to Cobb Park and lay him out on a park bench, which I mentioned in the beginning, and uh, how I tried to do some foreshadowing I like about what him you laying did there, yeah. Just I worked on it a little bit, and uh, someone eventually calls the police the next morning when they realize that that uh, homeless guy's not sleeping in a sleeping bag. He's rolled up in a carpet, you know? And that's a strange-looking sleeping bag. Yeah. 
Also, he's dead. That well, that as well. Yeah, it's clear by his face. The dead that part is yeah. really alarming. <laughs> and the blood dripping out. Actually, it was a small Asian man that found him. <laughs> <laughs> right. this, this guy's limp as fucking all hell. Yeah, can't get him up. Usually moves a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so while investigators try to figure out what the hell happened to Greg Biggs, they they can figure out that it's uh, that it's him. I believe there's a wallet on him. I, I could be make. I am making that up, but they do figure out that it is Greg Biggs uh, eventually. They initially assumed the homeless man had gotten mixed up in some criminal activity and had been tortured by by what's gone on with his body here uh, before being dumped in the park. Shante Millard and her willing accomplices do a half-assed job getting rid of evidence, burning the passenger seat in her yard, and wiping the car off some, but not much. Shante and T. Fry continue partying on weekends when they're off from the hospital, but the fun comes to an end in February. So that's, uh, what, like five months later? That sounds like they were really devastated by this. Yeah. Yeah. Really shook up by it. Yeah. No, they're they're playing the the smooth game, continuing as per usual. Well, I don't think they gave a shit, actually, because when uh, the reason they get caught is because Shantae brags to a group of friends when she's uh, hammered one night at one of these clubs about, quote, killing a white man with her car. Oh. It's a good woman. So she brags about this, but it's 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 a it's a bad idea because one of them doesn't like Shantae, and she calls in a tip to the police after hearing about this. Investigators look into Shantae and soon become suspicious enough to obtain a warrant by the way she's behaving. Um, when they get in the garage, she doesn't even do she doesn't even get rid of the the car or nothing. A fucking uh, idiot! This is a nurse. <laughs> This, it's just people's <laughs> lives depend on this fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, uh, do check it out. There's um, there's the car with the the passenger seat out. They find the passenger seat in the backyard, just burnt. So why'd you burn it? But also there's blood. There's blood on the floor, a pool of it. There's bloody handprints in the passenger door that I mentioned earlier, grabbing onto the oh shit bar. That's God fucking... damn, what an idiot. Yeah, this is this five is... months later. Yeah, man, they matched the blood to Greg Biggs. Windshields in the corner of the garage. <laughs> the, this is not a difficult investigation. And I'm wrapping it up right now, Kent. It seems like there should be a lot more, but there really isn't. Um, T. Fry testifies against Shante in exchange for immunity, which is granted. Uh, Cleet Jackson and Herbert Cleveland, who I can't believe these fucking guys involved themselves in this mess for really no gain at all. I yeah. mean, Cleep, Cleep, from what I heard, was like cheating on her and stuff. Like, he didn't really give a fuck. But it was like, as soon as he was involved, it was like, well, I'm your ride or die, baby, or whatever the fuck is happened. Is she hot? No. What's her name? Uh, her name is uh, Shantae Mallard. Shantae. How do you spell that? C-H-A-N-T-E-E. Mallard, like the duck. M-A-L-L-A-R-D. Shantae Mallard. I mean, she's kind of cute, but I mean, I want to call her like a knockout. Nah, she's fucking busted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's incredible that he would go to this, this uh, take this kind of a risk. And same as his cousin, who's not even anywhere near involved in this, completely puts himself into the situation for no gain. There's no money involved, no nothing. They're just helping each other out, I guess, tight friends. But they, they're not that tight, so it's just... 
madness to me that they got this involved. Uh, a bucket list thing. Maybe they wanted to get rid of a body at some point in their lives with a with a carpet. But what happened was the reason why they put them put Greg Biggs into the park is because one of them is either Cleet or Herbert or T Fry has a heart and does want the family to be able to find the body. Okay, they were going to burn it. But they That's decided a nice olive branch to just extend it. It's <laughs> yeah. good for them to leave the corpse. For anyone in the public to see in a park where a child could have yeah. found it the next morning. Wrapped up in a carpet. <laughs> so they would get they would have probably got away with this because the the like I said, the investigators thought that he he's homeless and he this park was not like a nice place to be. They had like cameras and stuff set up because there were a lot of drug deals and things that went on there. So they totally thought that he had gotten involved in some criminal activity and got beaten up over trying to rob somebody or something like that. It was – they weren't that interested. And uh, this tip came he in because – got beaten you, up. But who is he fighting? Goku? <laughs> Baraka. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so what are the sentences here? T-Fry gets off. In exchange for immunity uh, for, for testifying against Shante, Cleet Jackson and Herbert Cleveland each get 10 years for tampering with evidence, which is a little surprising to me that that's all that they got. I mean, that's a little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tampering with evidence to me could be. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll throw the knife in the river on <laughs> yeah, my way to work. Right. right. Yeah. I'm not even going to drive out of my way to do it. I'm just passing by the river. I'll toss <laughs> it in the river for you. <laughs> not drag a man out of a windshield, no. roll him up in a carpet, and dump him in a park for you. I think that's desecrating a corpse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they get 10 years apiece. I think that um, Herbert actually got nine for whatever reason. And uh, Shante Millard is given 50 years, which means she'll be eligible for parole after 25 from that point, which means that she will be eligible for parole in the year 2027. Oh, absolutely disgusting. The racism of these cops. <laughs> yeah, you nailed the uh, heart of the issue here, Ken. I'm glad I had you along for that. All the race, racial tension that was in this case uh, that we created. So that'll do it for the first Dark Topic Gallows. Thanks for coming along with me, Ken. Do you have anything to to, to talk further about on that? Or I think it's pretty clean cut. I mean, pretty clean cut. Yeah, it's it's. It's very hit and run. Yeah, just keep on moving along to the next one. And the next one will come in two weeks. We're planning on doing these every two weeks for the $5 tier. Uh, what's the $5 tier called now? Station 5, kind of like a uh, train station. And uh, $13 tier is called Floor 13, like the 13th floor of a of an apartment that they usually don't mark off. These are available for both. If you want more content, Kent and I do a podcast called Something Else, the $13 tier. I do the Monthly Monster, which is just a really crazy additional Dark Topic case each month. And I'm going to try to do some uh, Dark Topic uh, YouTube stuff as well. But um, two of these a month at $5 tier. I hope that you guys will be excited about that. It's basically brutal is back. We were doing it once every four months. We were starting to do it. I missed it. I know you did too. I did too. Yeah, a lot. Because that's our hangout time. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. And for the listener, the way we're going to be doing these, uh, this brutal refurbished yeah. is 
Jack's going to research one, and then I'm going to research one, and then so the host and co-host is going to flip-flop every episode. So I'll be taking the lead one episode, the next one Jack, and so on and so forth. The cool part of it, but the thing that we changed too, is that you didn't know what you were getting into coming into this. I mean, you had an idea, right? You knew you knew the case, but you didn't have to do any research. I didn't do like any that. research. Yeah. I, I, I knew a guy got hit by a car. That was the extent <laughs> of my knowledge of this whole thing. I didn't know that, you know, there was all this racism and <laughs> everything that... <laughs> yeah. Well, next time I'll come in blind too, and it'll be fun that way because then you have the co-host kind of hearing it the same as the audience and uh, strange things begin to happen as, as happened with this one. Anyways, thanks again, Kent, and uh, for everybody listening, we'll uh, we'll see you next time on another episode of... Not Brutal! Oh, Not Brutal! Dark Topic Gallows! Gallows! <laughs>